With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Never have understood that. Recorded live. How else are you going to record something? (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome to Ragtag Patriots Radio. Tonight's discussion is going to center around the road to... 2018, and how we're going to get there. Um, hi, Barbara. Hello. Er, hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was reading the chat. Uh, Liberty for me, 2016, and forgive me, but I don't know her name or his name, uh, has said hi to Barbara and myself, so hello to you, and hello, Laura. Laura's made it in. Okay. Um I just read a press release for those of you that have come in here. It is from an organization called the uh, American Civil Defense. Now, (laughs) let's just go through the press release. Okay, first of all, the headline should have been about half of what it is. And the the first paragraph where it talks about that the criminal complaint was filed with FBI in Cuyahoga County, um, accused of threatening and preventing duly elected delegates to 2016. They tell me they have signed affidavits of that. And what they don't tell you is that unless Donald Trump made the threat personally or Rich Priebus, Prince Priebus made the threat per- bleh, 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 excuse me, <laughs> themselves, there's nothing that they're going to do on that area, so that's going to be bogus. Uh, the second chapter or the second paragraph says that the complaint against Trump includes FEC violations. They're not going to investigate FEC violations until after the election and the final filing. Because let me explain how this works. Everybody, I'm just going to tell you right now, and before anybody says that Cruz didn't do this, I guarantee he did because everybody does it. You leave off certain information on filings when you file. Okay, you just in the primary season, in the general season, you leave stuff off because you don't want your opponents to know it. It's how it works. Okay, these filings are public record. We know everybody donating money, and there's a lot of times we don't want it to be known exactly what the money's going for. So they wait, and the FEC knows this before everybody gets worked up that this happens. That is why they give all candidates the opportunity to file an amended reporting after all the election is over. You're given so many days to get an amended reporting in, and that's where all the candidates put in, how much money they spent on every little thing, all the staffers, how much money they took from their campaign to support themselves, which is legal. Uh, Trump's getting hit over the head on that one right now, but it's legal. Uh, let's see what else. That's So that's the second paragraph. says that his ties to... Uh, money laundering, I don't know where they come up with that. Tax evasion, everybody knows who investigates tax evasion, right? That'd be the Internal Revenue Service. The money uh, laundry was connected to his 
Florida, um, this casino. That's I saw that online. Not I'm not involved with this. Okay. Ties with organized crime. All I'm going to do is shake my head on that one. Uh, and violations of the RICO Act in an ongoing criminal enterprise. I'm assuming that they're coming up with that from the casinos and how the casinos keep changing names and filtering money. Again, all legal. Or no, they, they specified out. I'm sorry, Trump University. Trump University has shut down. Therefore, it would not be ongoing. It's currently under civil litigation, and I suspect they'll clear that mess up. Uh, the complaint further documents Trump's mental and psychological unfitness to serve as President of the United States and includes statements from military and security. That entire sentence structure right there could have been left out because it's not a crime to be dumb. Okay. We all see that with Hillary Clinton. Okay. So that was a, I actually tried to get them to take that set of sentences out. I told them that that was irrelevant to what they were trying to do. And I see that, well, it didn't work. A second complaint filed with both the FBI and Cuyahoga County Prosecutor against Trump, Priebus, and the RNC and several named individuals, including documented death threats, harassment, and intimidation of delegates to the 2016 RNC convention named at particularly those with their conscience. Here's the thing with this, and y'all have heard me say this a hundred times. The RNC can do whatever they want to do when it comes to their rules. If the governing body of the RNC calls for a floor vote and chooses to accept the A's even when the A's didn't have it, is it unethical? Yes. Is it illegal? Yes. Uh, is it, uh, you know, is it unethical? Is it illegal? Or is it immoral? Is it wrong? And is it going to alienate a lot of people? Yes. Can the FBI say anything? No. The only way they're going to get legal uh, relief on that case is to take it to court and fight it through a uh, through the through various states, which is probably why they went to Cuyahoga County. But I'm going to tell you, Cuyahoga County is not going to pick this up. I called Cuyahoga County, and well, I spoke to a lady that works in the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office, and she tells me that they're going to give this complaint a lot of look over as it flies into the file 13. And that's what she told me yesterday evening when I spoke with her, because David put me in contact with her. David's from Ohio and knows everybody that works up there. So if anybody on the call is, is dealing with the American civil defense, they need to look at going about this a different way, because this is going to go absolutely nowhere. But let me ask everybody else's opinion, because I, I am but one opinion on all this. Based on the the presser, would you guys take it seriously and put aside your emotion for what happened at the convention and what happened? If you're reading this presser and that's this is all you know, would you pay attention to this presser? Knowing what I know? No, yeah. knowing only what's in the presser. I have to investigate it. If I didn't so. know Trump, if I didn't know his record. Mm-hmm. They they did file the complaints. They told me that the complaints were filed uh, 
late last week and that they were going to take this uh, that they were going to take this public tomorrow. I will go on the record and tell you that I advised them not to release this nationally and not to release this to the national news media. I did advise them not to release this form. Okay? Not because I'm scared of Trump, not because I'm scared for them, but this piece is is very inflammatory. Well, it's just not going to get any attention, and if it does, the only thing these people are going to do is they're going to pick up the phone, they're going to call Priebus, they're going to call Trump, they're going to send this presser over, and it's going to be a problem. Not for them. It's going to be a problem for the people that released it. So I don't think, and I tried to explain to her, I could tell when I was talking to them that they were not... uh, uh, there, I was just, I was, listen, the original pressure they were going to send out is 20 times worse than this one. Mm-mm. It was bad. I, I Listen, it was so bad, I went and tracked down this lady's phone number that wrote it and called her and said, you do not need to release this. You know, and generally I don't get involved in other group stuff unless I am, uh, you know, it, the article itself, very, no, it's not going to be received at all very well. Can Lauren, I'm not up, sure what your question is. but Can I bring up one other subject, uh, off but related, uh, in regard to his uh, Trump's recent visit to Austin and what happened here with the Travis County Republican Party chair? Sure. Oh, y'all aren't, y'all aren't familiar with it? The oh, jester? yeah. Yeah, y'all, you want to go and talk about that and the outcome that was he is now uh, released from his position, and it didn't go anywhere. Which I just wanted to point that out, similar to back up what you're st- uh, stating about that it no. won't go anywhere. It's not. This first of all, this group, and I know nothing about them. Okay, I have dealt with one person in this group, and if they do in fact have attorneys that are involved, as their presser says. I wouldn't want that attorney representing me. So um, I am, I I just, I wish them well because when they release this tomorrow and they're releasing this to, they're releasing it to a lot of people tomorrow. They're going to get hammered. So, I, I just, I am, I am, I, yeah. Do you but, challenge the validity of it? I'm sorry? Do you challenge the validity of it? I challenge the validity of several statements in it, yes. Okay, because this is the one thing that they are not, they're not paying attention to, and this is what everybody seems to be forgetting, okay? Donald Trump went through a Secret Service, CIA, FBI background check. Okay? He just can't say, hey, I'm running for president, and he's on the ballot. There's a lot he has to go through. He has to be eligible for security clearance. He has to be eligible for all these things. Okay? He's had to be vetted. They know. The Phoebes know what he's done. 
Whoever has the the dog in the background, could you mute your phone, please? I can't. You have to mute me. Who is me? Where are you at? Uh, Northeast Texas. All right. Lord. When you're ready to say something, if you'll just press star eight, we'll put you back okay. in. Okay. 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 Um, so the, yeah, I challenge the validity of some of this stuff. It's very subjective. If you want to come in and you want to release a press release and you want to say, okay, there was intimidation at the RNC, fact, truth, we know this. If you say you've got uh, affidavits, fact, true, we know this. Okay, when you get into organized crime, do you not think the feds are already aware if there's any ties to organized crime or any suspected ties? They know this stuff. And you're bringing light to this stuff? There's some stuff you just stay away from and you don't be, you don't get yourself into. So it sounds like, and I have to agree with Liberty on this one, it's a very emotional presser and it's devoid of a lot of fact. The complaint was filed against Trump, Priebus, and others. Okay, who's the others? You use the two top names, then tell us who the others are. Yeah. Okay. And you can file a complaint with the FBI. I actually had a discussion with this lady about this because there's a process. You can't just stroll up in and say, hey, I want to, uh, you know, you can't just roll up in the FBI office and be like, okay, I want you to investigate this person. There's some other processes to do. Now, Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office, that's the right way to go. So the problem is, and I told them this, that if they released a very emotional presser, it's going to go in the garbage or they're going to get attacked, okay? Mm-hmm. And the media is going to tear them apart on both sides. And the, the truth of the matter is there is some fact in here that they could focus on and get some traction, but they would have to focus on what happened at the RNC and more specifically what happened to specific individuals at the RNC. Challenging the rules of the RNC in a criminal complaint is not going to work, okay? It's not going to work. You want to challenge it, challenge it state by state. Because remember, there is no federal election law. Right. There isn't. You have to challenge this stuff state by state. And challenging the RNC and the DNC, which has control to put ever who they want on the ballot, and that's where another thing people forget, votes in the primaries don't matter. We send delegates, yeah, but at the end of the day, the RNC delegates are the only ones that matter. The candidate delegates on the floor, yeah, they'll use them as long as there's not a big shakeup or a fight like there was this go-round. And they'll go with that vote, which is what they did. They said, okay, hey, here, the boom, it's done. They did that. They shouldn't have. They would have been better off to let a floor fight happen, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Come around to the second and third ballot. Let's see where we stand. I'll tell you where it would have stood. It would have stood between Cruz and Trump. I will tell you that at the end of the day, with all the delegates that were there, Trump still would have come out at the top. Okay? And let's take the emotion out of it. A lot of people are like, no, Cruz, no. Cruz would not have come out on top. He'd have come a close second like Ronald Reagan. But in the floor fight, Trump would have won. Trump would have won because Trump had the backing of the RNC, which we don't have super delegates like they do. But the RNC does have the final say, and the RNC is stacked with Trump supporters, at least at this time. But and a floor fight would have been great, and a floor fight would have set Cruz up. Cruz would have been a lock stock for 2020. Sure would have been. And the way he's handled himself with class and grace even after all this, yes, 
he's good to go. He's Ronald Reagan 2.0. Okay? So, you know, I know some of you are going to be upset with that, that assessment of how it goes, but I know politics, and I know how politics works, and more specifically, I know how Republican politics works. I can tell you when they decided that Trump was going to be the nominee, and it was long before it was ever determined in the news media that, oh, hey, he's going to win this. There was about eight people left in the race when it was determined Trump would be the nominee. When the RNC called for that secret meeting on a Saturday, mm. okay, it was right. done. I cannot stress enough on this call that the primary vote in this country is a useless vote. Then why have? Yeah, good question. Why have it? Because well, the parties didn't used to. The parties used to. It was it was done a whole different. There was a whole different process in place. But the system is designed that one person will have a clear lead when they come in, and they can use the candidate delegates, and then they just rubber stamp it at the RNC. When you have what you have here, and had it been a two man race, I will tell you this: had it been a two man race. I think the outcome over the long term might have been different. Uh, I think Cruz could have pulled it out, and he could have focused his attacks on Trump instead of Trump being able to go after everybody else. Because what hurt all of the candidates, all 16 of them, what hurt them was here's Trump and all of them looking like they're ganging up on him. Okay? And so the media being the media, decided to eat that up, and other people ate it up, and Trump used it, and you've got a ton of low-information voters out there. It's like Kucinich, okay? Or not Kucinich. Why did I say Kucinich? Well, they're about the same. Governor of Ohio. Kasich. 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 There we go. Him and Dennis Kucinich, they're about the same. But if you you think about it, Kasich would never win the presidency. Never. But what did he win? Ohio. How many delegates did Ohio have? Okay. Those delegates those delegates would have went to Cruz most likely. Yeah. Okay. So you go look at a lot of these states where well, state of Tennessee. The state of Tennessee's GOP pushed Jeb Bush. Okay, now I will tell you all that Jeb is a much better person, candidate, and campaigner than how he came across during the primaries. And I have no idea why that was allowed to proceed the way it was or why Jeb, the people that were around Jeb were the way they were and why they got him to come out on some of those issues because I know for a fact that there's a couple of those issues that his personal stance is a lot different. So uh, that is my biggest problem with him, too, which is why I told him I couldn't come work for him. I was on my way to come work for him until Common Core was an issue, and then I'm like, nope, can't do I it, was, sir. I was almost ready to vote for him, you know, but... So Common like, Core was my big issue. No, but I'm saying I was almost ready to vote for Bush, Jeb, but God, his campaign floated. I mean, yes. there was a lot of problems, and I know why some of them occurred, some of the people. The problem is that when it comes to campaigns, a lot of people take on campaign staff, and the campaign staff's there for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Okay? They don't care about their candidate. Jeb hired some people, 
and let them make staffing decisions that did not put the truth of the matter is Jeb should have put a bunch of George Bush's campaign people around him. Well, I'm surprised he didn't. Okay. Well, he didn't want to be linked with him, and he wanted to show that he was his own man. <clears throat> and he should have. Uh, listen, there's no harm in picking out good people. And Bush's people were good people. Look at 2000, 2004. Look at what we were able to do. Yeah. Okay. We can pull a, rat, uh, a rabbit out of a hat. And that's what should have happened. And people, you know, people that liked him and and believed in him, and he didn't have that. No. Okay, and the fact there were seventeen people, uh, seventeen people out there, that, uh, you know, some of them. Listen, I think you ought to take a current events quiz before you can even run for president. That would have alleviated most of them. <laughs> uh, and can- it's just. Listen, that's just the way it is. Now, we this will be the last night. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, this will be the last night on uh, Ragtag Radio that we commiserate about what could have been. Effective tomorrow, we're gonna start talking about what will be. Okay. Now, there's a bunch of you that have asked me about signatures. I will tell you after sorting through signatures and getting all of that stuff done, we've got a little over. 3,000. Now, everybody go ahead and give a collective boo because we're behind. It's okay. It is okay. Can I ask a question? Yes, ma'am. Somebody, um, I don't know, several nights back had made some kind of mention of uh, getting a list, um, a list of contacts of previous crew supporters, and I didn't know if that was something that you had planned to do and if you needed some somebody to help with the contacts. And I mean, because I really don't know what to do at this point, um, you know, other than just, you know, sending people on Facebook invites to come to Ragtag. Sure. And, you know, so I feel yeah. like what I'm doing does, isn't, isn't helping you. But if well. you were working on something and I could be of assistance, then, you know, that's what well, I let me, let me, as we're getting ready, like I said, we're going to talk about the road to 2018. So we're going to talk about the road to 2018. Let okay. me tell you about what's going on with the RNC, okay? If anybody's, mm-hmm. been, if anybody's been watching the news, you're aware that Priebus has said no meeting will be called, period. Oh, I didn't know. Anybody that is aware also knows that Priebus sent out an email on Friday evening that basically said he didn't give a bleep what happened, how many people said what, no meeting was being called. Okay? And he was pretty clear about this. Now, does that mean we stop what we're doing? Absolutely not. We're going to keep trying. But how do we get people involved? We've got three factions here. You've got Faction 1 who they've already signed somebody else's petition and they're going to go with that. Okay, that's fine. Understand that, you know, a divided house cannot stand. Secondly, you get, well, Ted Cruz told us not to write him in, so I can't sign it. Okay, your teacher told you not to do a lot of stuff in school that you did, didn't you? Your parents told you not to do a lot of stuff. This is not about Ted Cruz. I want everybody to understand that. This is so much bigger than Ted Cruz. Ted just happens to be the person that got the second most votes in the primary process. 
So it would make sense to use him as the person we write in because he had the second most votes. Mm-hmm. Okay, using the logic that they want to use, heck, let's just go, let's see, who got the least amount of votes? Hey, Lindsey Gramnesty, I tell you what, we will start a write-in campaign about Lindsey Gramnesty right now. Okay? He had 17 go. supporters, which were all extended family members, uh, ended up getting on somebody else's train. It's not about that. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen and gentlemen and ladies, I tell you in politics, you have to treat everybody as if they are in the third grade. Okay? If people don't want to join this, that's fine. Heaven forbid they should go on and type their name in a keyboard and put their address out there and stand for something. Oh, no. But, hey, they've got time to share 50 memes of totally irrelevant stuff on Facebook. Exactly. So it was a joke, Laura. The So don't get disheartened. We're going to come up with, we are working on and will present ways to do this. Do you think, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I know that Priebus doesn't necessarily want Trump at the top of the ticket, but he's afraid. There's some politics behind the scenes. Well, then I, what? To be honest, I think we just have to let. I think we've got to let him implode at the top of the ticket. Just let it go boom, and then pick if, up the pieces. People will be more receptive. If the prince did not want him at the top of the ticket, then why did he <clears throat> start supporting him? Walk softly, carry a big stick. He's the party's nominee. He's got to go out there and say what he's got to say. Well, he wasn't enough when all this took place. This was before. No, I'll so, tell you who the, who the GOP wanted. The GOP didn't want Trump, but they sure as hell didn't want Cruz. Well, the guy that the GOP wanted dropped out. The lesser of two evils. There you go again. I mean, you know, I would rather have Cruz in there than somebody who's got the temperament of a three-year-old. Well, I understand that, and I'm not. I don't disagree with that that logic. This is really irking me that my thing will not. What? Uh, this. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. And I know how to scroll. It just won't scroll. Well, let me. Laura's Laura's calling me out in uh, Facebook. Let me you know. Uh, anyway, the. The biggest, the biggest thing we have to remember, guys, is that. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did say scroll. Uh, the the thing to remember here, everybody, is that we don't we don't need to quit. We don't need to give up. Don't need to falter, because at the end of the day, we won't fail. Will we lose this this round that we're we're on now? Probably. Too much emotion out there. Too many people stuck in their own thing, okay? People would rather have a name on a Facebook page and have 10 followers that hang on their every word than get down to the work of the country and get it done, okay? Just the way it is. For example, there's a particular individual that liked our Facebook page. It's been on there a couple of days and posted a link to a 
radio show that they were doing today. Well, the way our settings are set up, anything you post, unless you comment on a post that's already here, if you put a post on our page, it's not going to work. It's going to catch it, and one of the admins have to go in, kind of look it over, and put it up. Okay. Well, I emailed this individual, and I asked them to give me a little more information on their call. And I said, you know, before I know a little bit more, I'm not going to post it on our page. Well, they got mad and unfriended us. Like, well, that's not nice. So, you know, it's it's about control, and we keep saying, you know, hey, we want to do this. We're going to keep moving forward. If you guys don't know it, we are getting new people every day. Okay, few here, few there. We are getting new people, and people that want to get involved, and people that say, "Hey, you know, I'm at home. I can, there isn't a lot I can do. I can't get out and about." Well, that's great. It's okay. I mean, we're sorry you're stuck at home, but guess what? We got stuff we can have you do. We'll have you some phone lists, and you can reach out and touch someone. So we are working. We will get there, guys. Don't get disheartened. There are days I get disheartened, and then I realize that. There are other people out there that think the way I do. We just got to get there. And you guys may not realize it, but in your towns, on your street, in your neighborhood, there are people that feel the same way you do, and they're waiting for somebody to rise up and say, hey, let's go. So somebody, at one of the, during, somebody during one of the last programs brought up going to um, nursing homes or homes where uh, – People aren't online and talking to them, and if they're conservative, they don't want Trump uh, getting permission to um, to input their names with not applicable with an email address. Um, I'm just throwing that out there, but that's a great I'm idea. Because if you look at the nursing home population, the assisted living population in your communities, you're going to find there are several hundred votes there. And as much as this is going to sound bad, as a political strategist, the first person, the first candidate that gets in the door gets the vote. They don't give a damn if you're a Republican or not. First first person in the door that's willing to come there gets the vote. I know this for a fact because there have been many years in a row that I shuttled about 80 little old people to the polls. Yep. And And after we were done voting, because you can't do it before they vote... After we were done voting, we uh, went and had sausage biscuits. You do it before the vote, it's considered buying a vote. You have to do it after. Um, And they would know. I mean, they'd be waiting on us to pull up in our little vans, and there'd be about five vans pull up, and off we'd go with the little old people to go vote. And some of them, diehard Democrats, would be like, we voted for your guy. They like you. Whoever gets there, that's it. And, you know, we, I, th- I think it's great. Now, as we go along, you guys are going to hear me talk about some things that is bla- basically playing politics. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to play some politics to get where we want to go. Nothing unethical, nothing illegal or immoral, but there are some ways that we're going to have to play politics. One of them is go to the nursing homes. Mm-hmm. The way you get into the nursing home, guys, by the way, show up with voter registration cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. They can't prevent you if you have voter registration cards. Um, you will want to make sure that the individuals you're registering to vote 
are cognitive and able to be able to do that very thing. Okay? And we'll know because we'll go pull the voter rolls for that address. We'll see who's registered, who ain't. And you'll kind of get a get a feel for who's in there, who's able. Uh, you really want to target assisted living programs because most of those individuals are cognitive and able to vote. Right. Right. Okay. So, yes, that that is a perfect um, – I'll tell you another one, the VA. If you have a local VA where you've there got you go. people that are they're in the VA homes, go. You know, yeah. this is – that's the way if you've got um, – um, here's another one people are going to laugh at, but I've used it. I got I know two or three hundred votes. Halfway houses. Oh, Liberty, Liberty says senior apartment buildings too. I'm on the chat. I can scroll. Oh, cool. Oh, I saw you. Come on, good. Uh, then you'll be the you'll be the chat room person. Okay, Liberty uh, senior apartment buildings. Yes, well, very that, just, yes. Yeah, careful. You can them. get. You can get two, three hundred votes out of there. I know in Knoxville, when I would, uh, when I was working Knoxville, the apartment complexes, the senior apartment complexes, was an untouched resource. Nobody had ever bothered to go in there. So when I went in there in 1999 for the 2000 election cycle, we registered nearly 5,000 people just in semi-retirement homes nursing homes, and facilities for, uh, uh, oh, fiddlesticks. Oh, we lost the South Texas. They hung up. Yeah. So we just have to, you know, we just have to be ready. And what, but Liberty, and it, um, the thing about voting through the mail, you cannot vote through the mail. No, you cannot. You it, well, not in this state. You can you can do an absentee ballot. It, yeah. It's weird how it all works. Some states are are going to the computer. You can vote from home. I hate that. Me too. Democrats push that. Yep. Liberty yep. says Michigan. In Michigan, you can do it. Liberty says. So, well. Another place to another place to go is uh, I'm just trying to catch on to some of the, the train of thought here, but people who have been in accidents and are in recovery homes. Um, Re- temporary rehab homes like that? Right, right. Do not, yeah. you don't have to change your voter registration for that. But you can target, you can target them to make sure their vote counts. And remember, yeah. when, when that time comes, if you're the first one to reach out to them, you're going to get their vote, meaning your guy's going to get their vote. Yeah. I can't probably stress section, that enough. Probably Section 8 type housing would be the same way because they're pretty, uh, the bulk are either uninformed or underinformed. Uh, Listen, there, there is uh, projects in certain towns. Now, inner city projects, I don't even bother. But a lot of the projects in the, in well, projects, government housing, in rural areas, tend to be lower income majority white individuals. Okay, and if you will, if you go in there and focus, I'll tell you one thing we did. Uh, we went into one where was uh, Jackson, Mississippi. 
we went into one there and realized that the Republican Party had never reached out to any of them. Wow. Well, the thing that worked for us is neither had the Democrats. So we got together, and I went and bought uh, $1,000 worth of hot dogs, $1,000, about $1,500 worth of hamburgers, uh, hamburger buns, trimmings, chips, you name it, we bought it. Got a buddy of mine that was in the Jackson, Mississippi area. We had about 15 grills. We rolled up, got permission from the city to block off a dead-end street, bought in some music, and we had a block party. The only thing we wore on our, everything, all the staff people that did this, all the people that performed, wore Bush Cheney t-shirts. That's all we wore. Did you know that the in the Republican primary that uh, that fall, the Republican primary had more voters show up from that area than had ever in the history of them <laughs> keeping records? Oh, my God. You want to know who yeah. they voted for? They pulled Republican ballots. They gave Bush the credit for what we were doing. And Bush had no idea we had done it. It was just something that we come up with uh, off the cuff to do. And that's a great way, guys, I'm going to tell you. When we start backing candidates, that is a – here in South Carolina 6, once we put up flyers on okay. Bill Cruzan says, I did that with a candidate here in South Carolina 6, I'm assuming. Flyers, no one came to meet our candidate, only we who put it on and the candidate and his wife. Well, because you never say that you're going to do it for a candidate because then they think – uh, then they think you're going to browbeat them to vote. You just tell them free block party, free hamburgers, free hot dogs, bring the kids, inflatables, yada, yada, yada. And then what you do is before you serve food, always before you serve the food, you have the candidate and the candidate's wife get up. Hey, want to thank you all for coming out. Going to keep the political stuff to a minimum, but I am running for election. Would like your vote. Now go eat some hamburgers and hot dogs, and I'll be around if you want to talk. And then put them in the crowd walking around. Works every time. Mm-hmm. We put Cruz on a, did a lot of that. In the Arizona 5th, we did a uh, block party candidate nobody had ever heard of. We never put his name on it once. We just said free block party, bring kids, inflatables, food, yada, yada, yada. We had about 16,000 people show up. And we had enough hot dogs for about 10,000. It was great. The candidate got to speak to almost 15,000 people at that time. People were coming up to him, man, thank you for throwing this little get-together. We had no idea you were doing it, blah, blah, blah. All he did is walk the crowd, and that was that. So, uh, Laura, what we'll do is if uh, if that challenger will line up with what will be our common sense agenda for America I will advise you on things that you can do in that area to get people out. And uh, if you'll give me her information once she decides she's going to challenge, um, we'll uh, we'll look and see what her strengths are, what her weaknesses are, and I'll give you some stuff that, that we as Ragtag Patriots could uh, get involved and help spread the word. Uh, but one of the things our candidates are going to need to come along with our Oh, she's already announced. Oh, okay. Has, she, has okay. she announced already that she's running 2018, or is she trying to run now? Who? Barbara. Sterling's father. 
Well, she's got the looks. She needs to cut her hair. <laughs> Seriously, hair's too long. She either needs to <laughs> cut it or pull it back. She's got a good sign. The sign's good. She has a good sign. The problem is where she's got it located, it's not the greatest sign in the world. When is she running? Barbara, do you see when she's running? She said, I think, now. Okay. Well, if she gets... If she... uh, Okay. She's running. We'll see how she does and see if she's willing to do it again. Okay. Does anybody... I know we've kind of droned on about, you know, one topic, so... Does anybody have any questions about the pressure that we've discussed, the 2016s? Because, to be honest, I would like to go ahead and start talking about 2018 and what we need to do uh, as individuals to kind of start bringing information in so that we can begin putting together a strategy for different areas. Okay, I was just a little bit late, and I want to make sure that I understand this completely. We are continuing... Uh, to go after signatures. Is that correct? That is, that is correct. Um, however, we realize that our our odds are not great, but the more signatures we have, the better it looks. Um, so in concentrating on 2018, uh, we're looking at our uh, congressional local state conservative uh, candidates, and we can get um, lists of those uh, and their ranking, conservative ranking. Uh, My question, I guess, or I'm going to put it in a statement form, I don't know what I'm going to do, Uh, 85% and above is acceptable and below 85%. Uh, we're looking at moderate liberal. Is that right? Now, say that to me one more time. I'm I'm sorry. Okay. As we're looking at the congressional, local, state candidates that we want to get in office, um, we know that we can get our hands on the conservative ratings. Anybody above 80%, 85%, excuse me, uh, would be acceptable under 85%? Aren't they considered moderate liberal? They are. Now, do we... Um, I've heard this said a couple of different ways. Uh, is it preferable for us to vote um, in 2016 for our down candidates, but also 2018, um, for only those who fit our criteria and just not vote for the ones that don't, even if a Democrat's in there. Uh, I've heard that it's easier for us to get rid of a Democrat than it is to get rid of an incumbent Republican. Okay. Well, to answer the first part of your question... The rankings that we're going to use, we're going to use our own once we create the Common Sense Agenda for America. Secondly, if candidates, and we'll send this out to everybody, if they come back and say, you know, I I can't agree to this, then we're going to run somebody against them. 
Okay. Okay. Now, to answer your question about Democrats, if the Democrat is elected in a Republican-leaning zone, it is easier to get rid of the Democrat than it is to get rid of a Republican. Okay? Right. Because when you have a seated Republican, you're going up against the Republican Congressional Reelection Committee. Okay? And they funnel bunches of money into keeping seats. They do not like challenges, period. The exception to that is the Tennessee 4th. The Republicans would love to see Scott Desjardins gone. And he's managed to hang on now for three election cycles where they've tried to hang him out to dry. But um, to get more specific into that, you need to give us a little time and let us get the Common Sense Agenda up and put it out there for everybody to discuss so that we know what direction we want to go. So it's not, you know, I don't want to be, you know, Unitarian in the saying this is how we're going to go because it's going to depend on everybody and everybody's going to have to continue to work together to make this happen. And so next step yeah, is I have to get one the, more question after Sure. The okay. next step is to get the the common sense agenda up and going. And okay. we're going to I think what we're going to do is we're going to ask somebody from outside of our clique, our original six to head up that group. And so if anybody's interested in heading up that uh being the chairman of that particular group uh, please let me know. And that is the Common Sense Agenda for America. We kind of want some fresh eyes to look at that. And we want it to be outside of the original six. A couple of the original six will sit on the committee, but everybody else that sits on it, uh, that wants to sit on it, will come from people that are on these calls, people that have signed up, yada, yada, yada. So if you're interested in doing that, reach out and let us know. Admin at ragtagpatriots.com dot com admin ragtagpatriots.com that is going to be a job I'll be the first to tell you yeah. <laughs> it all okay. is what's your next question uh, next question um, we get the we get the names of the largest number that we can possibly get yes at then we have to, it seems to me, um, with all our praying and talking to God, we have to then uh, unify on a candidate if we have any kind of hope of, dis- of knocking out Clinton and Trump um, with a third party. Is that correct? What about the third party? Uh, If we are... Okay, I'll put it this way. Are we going to attempt to unify on a third party candidate? I'm going to use libertarian just because I have to pick one at this particular moment and I'm trying to make make an example. Okay, if we decided that in order to try to stop Clinton and Trump from getting the numbers that they need, and we unify behind one individual, um, oops, I put it in a statement, uh, is that what we're going to do? I mean, are we going to try to unify 
unify as many of us as we can behind one party so that we don't have uh, write-ins and uh, this person who doesn't have a chance or that person that's running third party. do you have an idea of what our our agenda will be with regards to a another attempt to stop Clinton and Trump? If you're if you're referencing for this November, yes, there's I am. really not there's really not a mathematical situation that keeps those two one of those two from being president at this point if you're doing strictly by the numbers okay okay it just doesn't so and to put a vote behind a third party candidate you're still voting for the lesser of the evils so the lesser of two evils or three evils is still what evil so right me personally i would say no okay even though it sounds good, um, the the best that would happen is that we would cause them to not have enough of the of the uh, electoral votes, and then it would go to the Congress, and I'm sure that they would pick one or the other. It it would be. It wouldn't pick the Libertarian, and of and of the, you know, third and fourth, you know, other than the first two. The libertarian Johnson, I think, uh, right, would have the best chance. I think, um, I think our best chance of making a statement is putting Cruz's name in there. Well, that's think, what we've been saying. Yeah. Okay. I've I mean, been out of town. I missed the last few calls, so I'm I'm playing catch up tonight. Did anybody else have any questions? I can't scroll in. Yeah, I don't know why it's not letting it scroll. Nope. Yes? Yes, sir. Uh, now, writing in a uh, candidate, it sounds about it. Is that going to affect the, uh, the other uh, votes as far as your state reps and it will not affect the down ballot. Okay. It will affect the presidential ballot. They will throw that that part of your ballot out. Remember, all votes are electronic, okay? Each one is its own vote. It goes to its own category. It that it each each line that you have on there goes to a different spot in that that box, the memory box that it saves. And when they plug it into that main system, the presidentials will be calculated, tabulated. Any write-ins will be thrown out. Uh, but I will go ahead and tell you that I do know that they calculate those write-ins because I was looking at several state ballots, and they do categorize the number of write-ins, even if it's only one. I saw one guy had written in uh, the Pink Panther in Delaware, and it was it was listed on there. If you go pull... The voter rolls on the election uh, commissions. It shows all the write-ins and it shows the numbers. If you are going, my understanding is, if you are going to write in Ted Cruz, you need to see 
uh, how he filed uh, originally and write his name in like he filed originally. So like the the ballots that we saw for primaries, um, Ted Cruz, those that's the name that has to go in. Otherwise, they're going to make it a separate person. Yes, it would be a separate person. If you put in his full name, it's going to be a separate person. On the ballot, his name was Ted Cruz. Yep. Right. So that's what you need to write in. Just like Jeb's was Jeb Bush, even though that's not his name. You'd be surprised at how many people did not know that his name is not Jeb. I didn't know. It was just amazing. People are like, well, what's his name? John Ellis? (laughs) Anyway, so that's kind of where we are. Uh, with that, and I looked up that race in South Carolina, the Laura Sterling race, and uh, all I'm going to say about that, and that one would be interesting. When is your all's? When is your all's uh, primary in South Carolina? When do y'all have the the fall primaries? Laura. Okay. I know that it's coming up, but uh, I, I did pull the state poll numbers for her, and uh, they're not too bad. She's down, but it's not too bad. Yes, I'm not positive. Any other questions? I kind of have a question. I'm not sure if this is, you know, going to be, you know, a harebrained thing. Um, let's say in the case of Ohio, um, there's uh, – somebody who's uh, running against Portman and he loses the primary, is it possible um, to um, try to get him in as a third party? I I mean, not like this year, but, you know, in general, is that that sort of a thing possible? Now, can you repeat the second part of that? I mean, I got the first part, but I missed part of that. I'm sorry. My phone cut out. Okay. Um, let's say that the person if he gets who defeated. Lost, yeah, who lost in the primaries, probably because of Democrats crossing over. Sorry. Um, <laughs> is it possible for that person who lost to run as an independent against him and the Democrats? It, it Theoretically, yes, but in Ohio, I think they have sore loser laws, which means that if you're defeated in the primary, you can't run as an independent. You'd have to run as a write-in candidate, and I'm not sure what the write-in laws are there for okay. those type of races. But that is possible for perhaps other states, then. I'm just curious because I don't, you know, I'm, I've never even thought about politics until um, well, I've never delved into it until this year. I've definitely thought about it and vetted the candidates before I chose, but I've never thought about it as far as being active. So this is all new for me. And thank sure. you for, thank you for sure. giving me a platform to do that. Well, we definitely like you know we we definitely like to get new people involved. 
Let's guess 14, Jill. She said we have in Indiana, too. Yeah, sore loser laws are popping up in a lot of places because <clears throat> what was happening is on the, excuse me, on the respective parties, what was happening is their incumbent was getting beat, beat, and then they turn around and runs an independent. I'll give you an example of what helped lead into that was Joe Lieberman. Mm-hmm. Joe Lieberman got beat in the primaries in Connecticut, and he ran as a write-in and beat both of the other candidates. Now, the interesting thing with oh, Kansas hung up before I got a chance to tell her. I hopefully, that hopefully Kansas will call back in. Uh, they Joe Lieberman beat them both, which led to a slew of sore loser laws uh, pushed through by both parties because neither party wants to see their nominee get beat <laughs> by a write-in campaign. That had to be insulting to, bo- <laughs> to both of those up there. I would have felt so bad to get beat by a write-in campaign. Laura says we, didn't have a fall- we don't have a fall primary in South Carolina. We had one in June. She is the only one challenging, I guess, this guy, Claiborne. So is the Demo- so are they the Democrat? Clyburn. Or Clyburn's yeah. a Democrat. And yeah. she's the Republican. That's right. That's the bastard that put forward that stupid uh bill and tried to push it through. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he I know who that moron is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh sorry. I shouldn't have used that word. I apologize. Okay, any other questions? And then we'll move on to kind of 2018 and what we plan to do. Well, yes. Jill says, I wish Ted would have signed up for write-in. He would have won the whole thing. Well, I'd like to agree. I do have a question. Can you hear me? I'm in Florida. I can, can hear, hear you, Florida. Okay, I do have a question. Um, I've been involved in politics all of my life, over 40 years. Um, this is the first year where I have felt so discouraged that I just, I I don't want to be involved anymore. Uh I feel like every conservative candidate that I am for and have worked for and given money to is being beaten. Um, my question, I guess, is sometimes I feel like I'm alone because I do not want to vote. I'm not going to vote for either Trump or Hillary. Good for you. Uh, People at my church are really pushing me to vote for Trump because the the reason they're giving me is he's not Hillary. Okay. That's not enough of a reason for me. And can I give you you something to fire back at him with? I think you did in one of the other phone calls. It hasn't worked, (laughs) but you can give it to me again. It's not going to work. And you know why it's not going to work? Because they're blinded by their own emotion. Okay. It's their emotion that's an issue, and they're blinded. They're not living. They're not working off biblical principle. They're working off the fact of, oh, hey, the Republican has to win because the Democrat can be evil. Yeah. And um, one thing I'm in this year, um, I'm really torn. I mean, I, I voted Republican all my life. I've never voted for a Democrat. Um, and of course, I'm not voting for either Trump or Hillary. I'm either going to write in Ted Cruz's name or I'm going to leave it blank. But 
Well, Here's the thing. I don't know if I really, I don't know which is worse, having Hillary win. And for me, the good part about that would be Trump loses. He no longer is the face of the Republican Party. And right. we can say, we told you. <laughs> or having Trump win and having forever lose the conservative base, because I will never vote Republican again on a on a presidential if this is the new face of the Republican Party. Well, so I'm torn between wanting her to win and him him to win. Either way, it's a horrible outcome. If he wins, it's good for Republicans long term. If she wins, it's great for Republicans long term. And those of you that have officially started scratching your heads, going, "Has he lost his mind?" Let me explain. On the Republican side, and let's say that Trump wins the presidency, January 20th, there's going to be some buyer's remorse, okay? People are going to see. Right now, people can't see. People are blinded. For whatever reason, they're blinded. They don't see this, okay? He's going to take office. They're going to see. They're going to be like, oh, crap, we shouldn't have done this, okay? You get buyer's remorse. Someone like Trump won't make it onto the top of the ticket for a very long time. Or you have Hillary, who wins the election, and she gets in office, and then Republicans look at it and go, oh, crap, we could have, this is the easiest candidate we could have beaten, and we chose to go this route. And then there will be a purging. Uh, Which I see as a good thing. And, but that's the point. Either way you go, there's going to be a purging of the GOP, because Trump's going to be a fiasco. Um, and Hillary's going to be a fiasco. The question is, which fiasco will end quicker? Personally, I think a Trump fiasco ends quicker. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Within a year. Because Trump, and, and I've said this many times, when Trump has to put everything he owns in a blind trust, he's so narcissistic, he ain't going to do it. Okay. And then what? If he doesn't He'll quit. do it. You really think so? I absolutely think so. Listen, Trump does not want to be president. I Yeah, I agree with you on that one. But then why doesn't he just get out of the race and let somebody else do it who could possibly beat Hillary? Because every if, poll shows if, he's losing. If he's, he's working well, for that's, Hillary. That's not true. That's not true, okay? And everybody that keeps spouting every poll shows dot, dot, dot. Not true. Okay? Really? The polls they want you to see may show it. And the unweighted polls, or the the biased polls, as I call them, definitely do show things. But I'm going to tell you that there are legitimate, scientific, properly weighted polls out there that say quite the opposite in several areas. Okay, Is Trump a full-fledged winner? No. Is Hillary a full-fledged winner? No. In these real polls, they are really close together. Most of them are just outside the margin of error. Now, having said all that, um, you have to look at it this way. Okay, let me unlock a couple of people here. You have to look at it this way, okay? Trump's not going to be president for a four, four years. If he if he wins, he, he will resign. Okay? I would love to think that was true, but do you really think his it's, ego will let him resign? Yes, because the presidency is beneath him. Yeah. Why is he doing it? He was ruling the party. 
the reason originally he got into it was to help the ratings of The Apprentice. When he did it before, he got out, the ratings of The Apprentice went through the roof, kind of held there, and he wanted to get his TV ratings back up. Remember, a government official, okay, and this was very sad on my part too, as a government official, you cannot take anything. You cannot take speaking fees. He gets speaking fees. You cannot, somebody cannot even buy your dinner as a federal employee. And that is true for the president as well. Okay? You cannot take anything that is worth more than $5 in a gratuity from anybody at any given time. Okay? Okay. And now where people get the money, where people get the money is when they leave the presidency. Okay? They get the money from leaving the presidency. Now, let us let us assume for a minute that he decides he's not going to resign. He will be impeached because there are enough people on both sides of the aisle that do not like him that they'll wait, they'll bait him into something and he will be um, he'll be brought up on impeachment charges and I guarantee you that'll be the fastest impeachment hearing and conviction hearing in the Senate you've ever seen. As a matter of fact, it'll be like, okay, Thursday conviction, or Thursday impeached, Friday vote, Saturday take a break, Sunday take a break, Monday conviction, Tuesday leave the presidency. Mm-hmm. That's how fast it'll be. They don't, but, but remember, and I said this earlier, this whatever crap he pulls has to be pulled while he is president. Anything that happens outside of the presidency, unless he is charged with a crime and convicted, and that's the key, convicted. Yeah, that is. Convicted. There's nothing they can do. And there's actually no law against a felon being president. I want you all to understand that. Hmm. Okay, so... There should be. There should be. What outcome do I hope for? Um, If it were me... The best outcome Republicans could have, Trump wins, resigns or gets impeached, that's the least amount of time. Hillary, the problem with Hillary is Hillary's got enough allies, as much as we all hate to admit it, and people end up dead if they're not their allies. Um, The Clintons have, have, especially Bill. Bill comes into play here because Bill's the ambassador. Bill is a guy that you would want to sit down and have a Coke with. He is an affable, likable guy. Okay, he is funny. He's easy to like. He's easy to get along with, and people want to make him happy. So what are they going to do? They're going to make him happy. Okay. Okay. How do you make him happy? Keep his, his nag of a wife happy. Yeah, make <laughs> his wife happy. Okay. So what you're telling me is that I should be hoping Trump wins. And all this time, I mean, from the day he announced that he was running for president, I, my personal opinion for me was I could never vote for him before I even knew what the other candidate stood for. Sure. I'm not going to vote for him. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. hope that he wins. Because he's the easiest to get rid of. But yeah. I cannot cast my ballot for an individual that I know to be the lesser of two evils. Right. I agree with you 100%. I'm not voting for either candidate. Okay. 
do I, I think? Can I interject something? Sure. About about Trump, I and I and I I agree with you. I don't think that that he was really wanting the burden of the presidency, but I think that for us to try to um, fire him, that he has enough bully tactics and connections like Soros and whatever, um, that if he wanted to be not, uh, uh, what do you call it? We were just talking about the president to... Impeachment? Impeach. Thank you. Oh, my brain stopped. That if he didn't want to be impeached, that he could probably avoid it. You can't. The courts have no say. The courts would have no say on this. This is a legislative matter, and the legislature has full jurisdiction over the executive branch of removing them. Right, but I'm talking about with me and such like that. You know, would he leave? No, oh yeah, he'd leave. The Secret Service would make sure of that, and if they didn't, the U.S. military would. He would leave. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Because there, there I no... him to be, if he wanted to, that he would be as hard to get rid of as as Obama. Did no, that is not, you have to understand something here, okay? Whereas people talking about, you know, Obama third term, martial law, you know, I've already debunked most of that garbage, uh, and it is garbage. The The issue here is, you know, Obama doesn't want to give up power, which is why they're moving to North Carolina after the girls finish school so that they set uh, Michael Obama up to run for president or run for the Senate, and then she, too, will try to run for president. That's why they bought the house in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and this is why you're seeing the movements that they're moving. And, listen, there's no proof that she's Michael Obama, but I just thought it was funny. So, no offense to transgenders out there. I thought it was a pretty good joke. Me too, but the NSA might not, and they're listening in. So, you know, hey. Hi, NSA. Thanks for joining us. I do, folks. It took me a few seconds to get it, so. I did see the meme. Uh, I did see the meme about... Uh, uh, about Michael Obama. It was pretty funny. Um, anyway, can I right. make a recommendation um, for those of you that haven't read it? On townhall.com, Susan Wright has a wonderful commentary about um, choosing to vote for neither Trump nor Hillary and how it is biblical. And as Christians, that is uh, a, a a very valid option for us. And since I'm getting so much pushback from the people at our church, I am printing out that particular email, I mean, that particular commentary. It was today. Um, It's a good article. I read it earlier. Yeah, it really is. And it at least let me know that I wasn't alone in my feeling that voting for the lesser of two evils is still evil. Well, it's... It's a good one. It's biblical to stand on principle, and it's biblical to select leaders that are going to follow the law of God as well as the law of the land. 
Okay? And when you have people that have openly said they're going to challenge God's law, then we have to stand against those. And in this particular case, we have two candidates that have openly said they will violate God's law. And I can't, and and I've said this a hundred times, and I'll say it again. Butcher Nancy seems to be having a lot of problems staying in the chat. Yeah, I know. Yes, I am. When you... uh, when you literally put your hands out, when you have to stand, let's hope we're all on the right-hand side, okay? And if there's mm-hmm. any of you that's heading to the left-hand side, you know, the birth, the death, the resurrection, and ask forgiveness. And uh, we're standing on the right-hand side. Do we want God to look at our hands and say, hey, you got blood on them. You supported something I was against. You caused the life of a child. You caused this. You caused that. Do you want that on your shoulders? The answer is no. So that's how you point, uh, that is how you point out to your fellow churchers. As a matter of fact, a pastor and I this morning uh, had a discussion. He made the mistake of <laughs> giving me a microphone during a service, amen. And uh, I, uh, he, he, he knew, you know, he knows I'm a, I'm a pastor and, and he gave me the mic. And this is after he had told everybody that we needed to vote the right side of the ticket, and he stressed the word right. Uh, so well, the right side. I decided, I decided to clarify what right meant. Good for you. And I, decla- I decided to clarify, and, and I said it right there in his church. Not a normal church I go to, just somewhere decided to pay a visit to. Hey, how you doing? Got a couple of friends there. I'm pretty sure they've got my picture on the do not let in the door list now. And I looked at him, and I said these following words. I said, you, sir, are commissioned to spread the word of the gospel. You are a shepherd to sheep. And you, sir, are standing up there and advocating for people to go vote for those which would do what is against this book. And I held up my wonderful new King James Version, brand new Bible I have got. It is awesome. It's the Jeremiah Bible. It's great. And I said, you, sir are hypocrite. And there is no one in this church that should be listening to you. And I would encourage everybody in here that is a Bible-based Christian to get up and exercise what Father Time said in the movie Santa Claus is Coming to Town. He said, get up, put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put your foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. Got to go. Put the mic down and left. So, wow. the, the Patriot Bible is a great Bible, too. I have a copy of that. I have a copy of that one, too. So here's the deal. These churches that are getting up here and they're advocating this, there's going to come a day they're going to get to eat their words, and there are a lot of them. Okay, Their thinking is the lesser of two evils. But I am telling you, and the only reason I am not pounding the table right now is because we are being recorded, and it would not be nice, and I would have to go edit it out. And it is simple. If they are telling you behind the pulpit that you need to vote for Donald J. Trump, you need to revoke their preacher card, revoke their man card, and send their bleep down the road. They can go preach in Lakewood, Texas. (laughs) 
Well, my our pastor is not saying who to vote for. It's the, just my individual conversations with people that know I'm a never Trump, never Hillary person. In fact, I have a bumper sticker on our car that says, don't blame me, I voted for Ted Cruz, so everybody knows where I stand. It's the individual conversations where everyone's trying to convince me the fear of Hillary is worth voting for Trump, which I'm not as, going to do. As much as I hate to say this, and I'm just going to put it out there for you. Everybody on this call knows what we're going to get with the Hillary presidency. Every single person here. We already know. Okay? We already know. We don't know what Donald Trump would do as president. We know what Hillary will do. She's a crook. She's a liar. She's a cheat. Hey, we know that. Better than the crook you know than the crook you don't. At least when she's president, as she's president, she will govern by polling. Whatever is popular in the polls, they're going to do. We know that. Okay? And we have a Congress that can block that. So we do know that. Okay? So if you have to look at it from that way, and you have to point that out to these people, fine. But it is hard. And, and, you know, Christ gives us the authority to call out those that are members of the church. And I don't mean the physical building of the church, but Christ's body of the church. Because they are saved, they are sanctified, they are bought by the blood, and we have to hold them to a standard. And that standard should be, hey, you cannot go against God's word, and if you do, you're violating the very principles and conditions that you chose to uphold when you became a Christian, and you need to go read the word. Pastor, thank you, I I appreciate all your advice and your input. It's just been very frustrating for me, um, and I've been on quite a number of these calls. I didn't make the one last night, but I did listen to it recorded, Um, and I really appreciate what you're doing and the leadership group, and thank you. Well, our our leader is not here for the next week. She has unfortunately left me, Alan, and Barbara in charge. That's fine. You're doing great. Guest Any other questions? Guest 17, Pastor Fabian, we'd like to know if you know J.C. Church, Pastor Sum. Well, first of all, my name's just Fabian, and uh, I uh, do not know that individual, but I will go look up that church. So uh, I will go look it up. Thank you, Laura, for answering Henry at his question. I have a... I have a lot of pastors and churches that I follow, and then there are some that I don't. Um, there are, unfortunately, to, in today's world, there's a lot of pastors that tickle your ears, and they yeah. don't tell you they don't tell you what they're supposed to tell you. There's a church in uh, Lakewood, Texas, that tickles your ears. There's a church in Cornerstone, Texas, that or not Cornerstone, Texas, but San Antonio, Texas, that will. Uh, <laughs> Make you leave and think, oh, Lord. So I did get to meet anybody that's in Texas that knows about San Antonio, Texas. There's a church there named Cornerstone Church. I'm going to tell you what. I had such a great service when I was there. I got to I got to visit there. And ironically, all the years that I knew, knew of the pastor of that church, I didn't know that was the church. Cornerstone has a great ministry. 
when I rolled in there and saw that was Pastor John Hagee, I was in heaven. Hello. So. Uh, okay, of course. It was uh, it was great. I've also been to Lakewood, Texas, and involved in that. Uh, I went one time to that one. The flip side of that was I knew what I was walking into there. And before I ever said anything publicly about that ministry, I wanted to be in part to be in there. And I can tell you how I felt when I walked out the door. I felt like I had went to a pep rally, uh, talking about how I should have a lot of money in my pocket, and the more I gave to that ministry, the more I would get in my pocket. <laughs> and I did not hear one scripture read. I did get to hear people repeat, this is my Bible, blah, blah, blah. But I did not get that. Now, to say that anybody else may go in there and feel like the Lord is amongst them, I did not. Um, so, so who was this again? Lake, there's a church in Lakewood, Texas. It's one of the largest churches in the United States. The pastor's name there is Joel Osteen. Oh, I oh. knew you were going to say that. Okay. Um, Funny I magnet. Was, I was I was very disappointed. And then when I found out that he has no seminary training whatsoever, and before anybody says anything to me, I am well aware that some of the best preachers in this country that have been called to do God's work do have no formal training. I know it. And so before everybody unloads on me, especially in the chat, I know the truth. My uh, brother was a deacon. My brother was a deacon when he was in college, and he had but, no thing. But that—that's my point. But this church was actually passed down from his father, <laughs> and uh, it is what it is. Now it I've is never talked to him personally. I have talked to his wife, and she reminded me a lot of Michelle Obama. I don't think I need to say anything else. Oh, good the stories that you hear about them in the media that they crush, specifically as it relates to her, I believe to be true because my interaction with her was the exact same way. So, uh, one of my favorite pastors that I got to hear, and you know he too is a, a wealth type pastor, and uh, I'll give it uh, what he is. But Jesse Duplantis, I'm going to tell you if you get a chance to go hear him, if for no other reason the humor factor. And how he ties all of it in. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, pretty funny guy. I can't make a judgment on his ministry because this was supposed to be a, this was meant to be what it was, a retreat where he was being funny. So uh, as far as his ministry and, and his church, I've never been, so I couldn't say anything. But I uh, guess we'll get off talking about pastors. Uh, there are several that are good out there. There are many that are not and that will try to lead people astray, and they're all about the money. So I do agree that he does preach money. Paula White out of Florida, um, she preaches money. Um, you know, several other, And there's nothing wrong with that type of ministry if that's what you want to do. Um, it's just not for me. And Creflo Dollar, I know somebody mentioned Creflo Dollar. He lost all respect of me when uh, the deal with his daughter, and he beat the living snot out of her and his wife. So yeah. anything that he may say, we all make mistakes, I agree. 
but he refused to admit that he had made a mistake. And if a pastor can't say, hey, I screwed up, you know, please forgive me and let's move forward, then, you know, what good are you to your congregation? And that's just me. It's not a judgment. That's just how I feel about it. I've had to eat humble pie more than once, I promise. Jill Jill Mitchell, TBN, yeah, Paul and Jan. (laughs) Oh, God. Well... The the original startup of TV, and I remember when it first came on there, it wasn't too bad. No, and then I they kind of got, they kind of got, um, maybe they lost focus in some areas. I don't know. I didn't follow it too much after, uh, probably about the first ten years. I didn't follow it after that. So. Well, every time I turned on, Jan was always crying. So. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love Jan. Now, listen, I, I am going to say something. There's a guest 13 said they have a great pastor that never talks money. Sometimes we got to talk money. Now, that's just facts. I'm not going to, you know, I won't deny that because sometimes you got to give a, a sermon on opening up the old pocketbook for the church and to do the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. I always make sure that when I'm going to talk about money that I play the song uh, by a Confederate Railroad. Oh, what is the name of the song? Something with money. Shoot. Anyway, it's pretty funny. He's talking about how a red, he's basically a redneck with money. So, you know, you always make sure you play that song, have them play it on the piano when they're collecting the offering. and Collect the offering before you preach money. So if you're ever at a church, I'm the guest pastor, and I take the collection early, we're going to be talking about money. Uh-huh. Just saying. <laughs> I did a revival. When I do revivals, I've gotten to the point that uh, I have a gas can that's solely for money. I have a gas can that I unscrew the lid, put it at the back of the church, because I don't accept money when I go to churches. And I tell people that, look, the Lord gave me the gas to get here. So if you want to get rid of me, you've got to put the gas money in the can to get me out of here. And that's the only donations I will take is if you put money in my gas can. So... And yes, my uh, my revivals are are full of politics. Hey, they can't say nothing to me. <laughs> good night, Oscar. Uh, good night, Oscar. Thanks for coming. Merry Christmas. See you again. Uh, mine. Listen, this is why I like doing revivals, folks, because I can go in there, I can make everybody mad, and then I can leave. Then the pastor has to deal with the fallout of it. <laughs> but uh, no, on a serious. 2016 is not hopeless. It depends on what you're going to call hopeless. Okay? And if you're talking strictly, somebody asked in the chat, just so everybody knows, if 2016 was hopeless. The truth of the matter is no. 2016 is not hopeless if you look at it from sometimes you have to have a purge. Okay? There has to be there has to be a purge. In other words, you've got to go set the forest on fire so the forest can grow. And I think that's what the Republican Party is going to have to do after the presidential elections, okay? To answer your question, yes, the common sense agenda will will begin in 2018. We're going to start putting it together. If you want to be a part of putting it together, please go to admin at ragtagpatriots.com and get your name in so that we can get that committee going. What we're going to do is we're going to throw out 10, 11, 12 things that 
we think need to be addressed. These are not set in stone. It's just a place to start the conversation, okay? Because in the common sense agenda, we're going to have to address issues. And we're going to have to have some good solutions for those issues in order for people to pay attention, okay? And that's where we're going to put our heads around the table, proverbial table, and work it out. If there is somebody that wants to, there are no forests. I remember you from another call. The There are no forest groups, Laura. Is that the one that put all that bad crap in the chat room? No, she said. Okay, then we're going to let him come through. Not the real bad stuff, she said. Okay, well, there are no forests. I have unmuted you so that you can talk in the chat. If you put crap in there, you are gone. Okay, um, no, 2018 is not a, or 2016 is not lost. I think we have to have this to make people realize that this is what happens when you fall asleep at the wheel and you don't pay attention and you use the phrase, oh, don't get involved in politics. So uh, we hear a lot. I've heard so much of that, and I just want to reach out. And, you know, the Lord says, turn the other cheek. I want to give them a reason to turn their cheek so I can smite it too. I know it's not very nice. (laughs) But the point is, is that I get so tired of hearing this. I don't get involved. I don't get involved. God wouldn't want me to get involved. Politics is evil. Politics is this. Politics is only evil because you've allowed it to be. Politics is only the cesspool that it is now because we tolerate the people that are put in front of us. And you know what? I promised I wasn't going to do this tonight. <laughs> Folks, here, here's instead of telling me and telling each other what a cesspool this is and being defeated and being down and being out, Here's what I want everybody to do. I know most of y'all are on cell phones and have computer screens, and I bet you can see your face in there. I want you to take a look, and I want you to say, I was the problem, but I'm now the solution. And now we move forward, and we stop worrying about 2016, and we start worrying about 2018. 2016 is going to happen. It's going to cause a purge. It's what it needs to happen. And then we're going to go out there and we're going to bring new people in. They're going to stop putting garbage up there. Okay? Yes. Frankly, if we live through Obama, we're going to make it through four more years of something. See, here's the thing. Eight years of Obama, eight years of Obama should have been enough for everybody. Okay? And Republicans are like, oh, we hate Obama. Okay, great. So we're going to put Obama light in there. <laughs> so now we've got Obama light, and this is what we have to do. Okay, we have to say enough is enough, and we have to stop worrying. And this isn't a direct throw out there because I, I know you may take it this way. Please don't. We have to stop worrying about what the church members say. We have to stop worrying about what our neighbors say and what our coworkers say. And though none go with me, what's that song say? Though none go with me, still I will what? Follow. Follow. The world is where? Behind me. The cross is where? 
before me. And if we continue to move that way and we live our lives that way and we are witnesses to people, witness. And witness doesn't mean, hey, you know, come join a conservative movement of constitutionalists, conservative constitutionalists. Oh, and get God while you're at it. No. We do by our actions. We show that we believe in what we're doing and that we, (laughs) yes, I did. And we show, we educate, we, (laughs) use the term of the left, indoctrinate, and teach people what conservatism is, teach people what the founders did, teach people what that novel idea of America is about. And sooner or later, people will start listening. Remember, people don't drink the sand because they're thirsty. They drink the sand because they don't know any better. And for those of you that wonder why we say that all the time, that comes from the movie The American President. Fantastic movie. If you haven't watched it, you should. Also, I'm going to recommend that everybody watch something else. Netflix is going to love me for this, but I think it's a very important television show to watch. Okay? If you want to know how the government works, and yes, it is slightly dramatized, but Aaron Sorkin did a great job when he wrote for this show. There's a show out there called The West Wing. Now, all conservatives are getting ready to start rolling their eyes going, but that's a liberal show. I I love that show. That is one of the best that is one of the best shows on television. Okay. Yes. That is one of the absolute best shows on television. Watch watch season well, you'd have to watch all of them to understand how it works. But if you want to learn Two specific things. Watch season four to learn politics in the White House and how things work. And if you want to know how presidential politics, with the exception of some uh, retail and and bumping up, if you want to know how hard it is when you first start in politics, watch season six. Okay, season six was the transition from Bartlett, that's the president in the show, his second term, and they get Jimmy Smith to play. Uh, oh, can't remember his name, his character's name, but he begins running for president. Right. And he gets really frustrated with Josh Lyman, who is his campaign manager, because he's only meeting two and three people at a time, and most of them can't stand him. And they're like, "Well, who is Matthew Santos?" And that's his name. There we go. Anyway, watch season six. Season six is a good episode about retail politics and the sausage of how it's done. And then season seven uh, talks about how, after they've got their nominees, how they move towards the presidency. But season four and season six. But if you truly want want a show that you can get into, I'd start with season one and just watch it. Oh, Um, yeah. And feel free to bring any questions from that show here, and we'll talk about them. Um, I've seen it eh, about ten times each season, so we're good. But uh, there is some dramatization. There are some things that are not factual about the White House in there. As far as the layout goes, it's not factual. Uh, but that's the... Wait, wait a minute, Fabian. Wait a yes. Minute. It's, called the, it's called the West Wing. Wait the West minute. Wing. It is, on, uh, it is on Netflix, all seven seasons. Jill has a question. The language one... gets a little rough. In what, the West Wing? Yeah. 
There's a couple of seasons. There's a couple of a few episodes where it gets interesting. You wouldn't want to be watching it with young children. No. Emily Proctor, if you recall, they, she was the Republican attorney that uh, yeah. they brought yeah. in. And then she went on to CSI Miami. That's why she left. Yeah. Is that going to be taken up here only with the committee? Um. Well, let me tell you what I've learned about things like that. You start with a smaller group, come up with a foundation, and you move outward. Okay? So I would recommend if you want to be involved in the step-by-step of the Common Sense Agenda, please get on board of that committee. And it doesn't require you to go anywhere. We're going to do the committee meetings will be done on uh as my friend affectionately calls it, shoe phone here. And uh, it will be, uh, that's a good link. So we'll try to do as much of it. We're going to come up with a base of it, and we'll, I mean, we'll put it out here. But remember, we don't want this leaking until we've got it completely done. Does that mean you put what do you mean I put my foot in my mouth? Lord, I just got called out. <laughs> By <a> cruise crew. <laughs> Sorry. I had everybody, to everybody together now. Cruise crew. <laughs> oh, poor old Jill. <laughs> she doesn't stop. stop. She says stop. <laughs> You're never going to live this down, Jill. We actually have a we have a uh, a a sticker a thing on Facebook that we have. We're going to put your name on and give to you, and it says, "I'm a member of the cruise crew." <laughs> yes, I've seen it, Jill. He's telling the truth. I've seen it. I don't know who sent it. It was either. It was either Pat or Mark that sent it over. It was funny. We're all card-carrying cruise crew members now. <laughs> I did say shoe phone. I meant to say shoe phone. Yeah. Oh, Liberty's rolling her eyes. She don't like our, you are a member of the cruise crew. Oh, come on. Jill wants people to check out her tweeter Twitter. at NanaJill211. All right. And if you press 211 from your phone, you will get information about services in your local area. That's right. Just saying. All right, guys, any other questions? I'm not following him either, Laura, so. (laughs) She said you'll see Cruise Crew there, too. (laughs) We figured as much. Jill is a good sport. Does anybody have any more questions or comments? They're like, no. I want to stay on the line afterwards and um, bring up something, but I don't want to bring it up in the group without your permission. So I need to do it privately first. Okay. Not a problem. All right. Is there anybody else that has any questions, comments, complaints, gripes, or concerns? Um. I just have one thing. I feel like I'm green enough that I probably shouldn't try to be on the committee that you're talking about. 
That's uh-huh. not true. That's not, not true? true. No. Okay. Not true. I'm going to tell you why. Do you live? I do live. Do you live? You do. Do you go out in the community? No, not really. I do, but not not. I I don't do a whole lot of going out because uh, okay. my mom's eighty, and I kind of stay. Then let me go. Let me go a different route with this. Okay. Do you know what's going on in the country? I'm trying real hard to keep to keep myself uh, up on current events. Do you see problems that affect your household? Uh, yeah. Then you can sit on that committee. It isn't about how much experience you have. It isn't about what you know, what you don't know. It's about that you care about your country and you're willing to come on there and talk. We're going to give everybody a base to start with, and then we'll go from there. And I'm pretty sure we'll have, we'll stoke passions. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give everybody a heads up on this little committee. I have chosen this one to sit on myself. Ha-ha! And I will, nine times out of ten, play devil's advocate. And I promise you I will be well prepared when I play devil's advocate. When I was... Go ahead. He does it well. (laughs) When, When I was in college, my professors would not let me argue any conservative causes. I was taught to argue Democratic causes. I had to prepare. And I will tell you that when I did and I submerged myself into a topic, I would make you believe that I was for that topic. I had the disdain of having to argue in favor of Roe v. Wade in a mock trial. I won my case, not because R.V. Wade was already in effect, I won my case because not only did I make the courtroom believe, but even the lawyers that attended it and was the were the judges and the jury, because it was lawyers that were judges and juries. And I convinced all of them, and most of them were conservative. I will give you that. So always be prepared, and when you want to come and argue a point or you want to make a point, be sure that you know what the other side's going to bring, okay? And be prepared to rebut those questions. So, everybody, if you want to win arguments and and debates, know what the other side's thinking. Know what they believe to be true. Okay? Okay. Know what they plan to be true. And in your case, I'm just warning everybody because I already know when I get in there and I do this, people are going to be like, well, what happened to him? He's no conservative, evil Republican. He's more of a Democrat. Kick him off. But the truth is I will come prepared on issues. I will be pro-immigration when we talk immigration. And I will make you consider, think about what pro-immigration can do. And I think they ought to round every last one of them up and kick their ass out. That's my personal view. Now, is it practical? No. Is it going to happen? No. We have to go after the business owners and the business people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyway, that's that. So anybody that wants to sit on that committee... Feel free. How do you, how do you uh, put your name in that again? You Simply send that. us an email, admin, short for administrator, admin, at ragtagpatriots.com. Also, gotcha. if you guys are not going to the ragtag report on the website, we have new stuff up there. Yeah. And it's great. It's awesome. There will be a biography of founding fathers. One, A new one will go up every day 
There is one up for today. Yay. We want you all to go read it. They are long, but I promise you, you will like the information that you find in there. Also, we had a submission for a ragtag hero. And if I'm not mistaken, it may be up. Let me go look. Because I, I know I hit that button, and I think it may have put it up instead of waiting till in the morning. So are you saying that's on your, on your website, on the Ragtag yes. website? Yeah, it is on the Ragtag website. Okay. Thank you, um, Our first founding father is William Williams. And okay. it's an interesting read. What I have done is I have I've started at the bottom of the 64, and I'm going to work my way up to the most famous. So I'm going to give the less the less famous ones first, and we're going to move up. Tomorrow morning there will be two posts. One will, they're set to automatically post, but one will go live at 5 a.m. That is our hero of the week. You should read that little blurb. It was a, uh, uh, this young man gave his life uh, for what we do here. And if nothing else, we need to look at that young fella and realize that what we're doing is that important. And then there will be a new founding father, also named William. There were all kinds of Williams as the founding father, just so you all know. Uh, so get prepared for the next several days to see Williams Okay. Uh, as founding fathers. So anyway, any other questions, comments, complaints, gripes, concerns? Uh, um, get comments <laughs> on, what you're, on what you're posting there. Uh, what about the uh, – give anything about the Clinton – that General George Washington defeated. When we get to when we get to old Jorge, oh, we'll get to get to get to old Clinton. But he did. The guy's name was Clinton, and when he left, <laughs> he basically said, "Y'all can have this dump. I'm out of here." So, <laughs> uh, we will post about him. He was funny when Jorge. you when you. Well, not George. George, hey, George was no nonsense, buddy. You didn't want to be in his army. He didn't take no crap. He had no, some deserters. He had some people try to desert. He called the entire. He called all the forces that were there in that particular camp together, and he strung them up. Yeah. Well, and he okay. said, "You committed to a cause. You're going to follow it through. And if you don't, this is what's going to happen to you." Well, you see, the colonel didn't hang around quick. Uh, soon enough, did he? So, he hightailed out of there. Oh, Benedict? Yeah. Yeah, most people don't realize he got what he deserved. Yeah, he did. He's our own little Benedict Arnold. Or our own little uh, Judas. Yeah. yeah. All right, is there any other questions? We will be doing these nightly up through next Thursday, Thursday being the first. We will then address if... uh, you guys want to continue to do nightly every other night. We've got different people that have different skill sets that can host each night, and we can get them to where we're staying to within an hour to an hour and a half and talk about a particular topic, and we'll try to post those a week out so you can determine if you want to tune in or not, and then we can adjust the schedule from there. Uh, As long as there's... Watch the Constitution next week, too. I'm sorry? We're doing the Constitution next week again. The last okay. 17 amendments. Yeah. 
Yeah. Laura wants to know when I type in ragtagpatriots.com, it came up www.facebook.com slash cruise for president. <laughs> well, it probably. What was that email address again? Admin at ragtagpatriots.com. Okay, I'm looking at that page. They haven't done anything since July. The only way I could think of that it would be routing us there is if they've seen our link and they have put our website as one of their tags. And that is possible. That's fine. That makes them feel good. (laughs) It is what it is. It ain't the first time. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, there's a Cowtown gal. It's the first time we've seen her tonight, I think. Cowtown. All right. Is there any other questions? Complaints? Do I just need to stay on the line and you'll holler at me when it's all clear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've been doing a ragtag after dark thing anyway, so it kind of works. We kind of let the proverbial hair down, not that I have any to let down, but Barbara, <laughs> Barbara lets it down for us, okay? Yeah. All right, well, having okay. finished that out, let us remember this, ladies and gentlemen, what we are doing is important. We will get there. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Please remember, thank a soldier, because without them, we wouldn't be doing this. Thank a veteran, for without them, <laughs> America wouldn't be here. And remember to keep everybody in your prayers. Keep a Barbara's great nephew in your prayers as he battles leukemia and HLH. This is Fabian and Barbara signing off saying have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Good night. God bless. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Let's give everybody a couple minutes to say goodbye here. Goodbye. Yeah. I need to go in and sign out. That's funny. It looks like everybody online is going to kind of hang around tonight. Okay, Texas, go ahead and tell me what the... All righty. I have got a rally coming up in Austin, Texas on the 17th, 17th. of September. That's the, one being, that's the one being hosted by Free the Delegates? Uh, no. That okay. is... WSU American Freedom Rally, which it's getting be- getting ready to be renamed American Liberty Conservative Freedom Rally. Okay. And uh, do you want to send speaker to speak? What's the estimated crowd size? Three to five hundred. Okay. And can you send me? Can you send us more details? I can. Um, was there a split in the group, or are y'all just doing a name change? Uh, there's not a complete split in the group. Uh, I've been putting this all together, and I'm seeing that the leaders of the the rally um, aren't aren't doing anything. So Thursday night. Uh, I believe the Holy Spirit was talking to me, and I made some calls and did some checking, 
and feel like that it's a real necessity if uh, if we want the speakers there, uh, if we want the crowd there, um, if we want it to save freedom, if we want to say conservative, if we want to say liberty and hold a rally that um, someone has to get out there and make this happen. Uh, it's happening in my town. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to, uh, if it flops, it's my fault. If it succeeds, well, thank you, everyone, and uh, definitely let's, thank you, let's, God. Let's talk about a couple of things then, okay? Sure. And listen, I'm experienced in these things. I've had some fail. I've had some succeed. I had one blow up in my face so bad we ended up in court. So I promise you, been there, done that. Tell me what you've done so far uh, to make I have this a happen. Venue. Okay, I have a venue. I have now gotten... What type uh, of venue? It's a recreation park, Pan American Recreation Area in Austin. Do you have uh, insurance? No. Okay, you might want to check and make sure um, they don't make you have uh, an, a, uh, a daily liability insurance, okay? Okay. Uh, because most places in most states make you carry at least a $1 million insurance policy when you rent a venue and going to have people uh, show up there. So that'll be the first thing you want to check. Okay. And if they uh, do, those policies generally are about $150. Not a problem then. Okay. Um, I am in the process of checking on security, which because of some of the names that um, will be have confirmed you, on Tuesday, I need to Have you notified the police? Yes. And what do they say? Uh, at this point, they said they will be there not to worry, um, okay. but I still am concerned. Um, Who's going to be there? Ted, um, he has we're his own security. Pardon? He has his own security. Who else? Uh, Carly. Fiorina. She has yes. a private security detail. Okay. Um, oh, geez, let me look at my list. You do realize that if if those two right there confirm, your crowd size of five hundred is going to be blown out of the water, right? Yeah. I, right. I, yes. Yes. Okay. Now. Here's a couple of questions I've got for you. One, do you have room for more than, say, 500 people? It would be crowded. Okay. It's an open area. It's an open area. Um, then you need to go to eventbrite.com and have people reserve tickets. Definitely going to do that. Make the tickets free. Go to eventbrite.com and just tell people, look, if you plan on coming, you want to make sure that you get a ticket. That way you know how many's coming. Security wise, how many people do you know that uh are concealed carry permit holders or have any background in security? If you've got a group of people, put the word out that you need four or five private security people. Your guard your your job is to guard the stage and the green room. Okay, because all of your VIPs will be in the stage of the green room. You make sure that area is secure. The cops will handle everything else. You handle the stage and the green room. Okay. Okay. You want to make sure that green room has easy access in and out. 
Okay. Okay. And prepare for protesters. Okay. Okay. Yeah, in Austin, definitely. So that would be three things off the top of my head. Now, um, the confirmations. Where are yes. you waiting on? I know you said you're waiting on Fiorina and Cruz. Uh, how is this being billed to those, to them? Uh, I have a contact who has direct contact with, with them. That's not what I asked. How is it being billed to them? How is this? What are they oh, being told oh. this event is, and why would it benefit them to show up? Uh, as far as as Cruz, his Senate campaign, um, and as far as Carly, um, she is, she's looking at the GOP next year, and uh, I can't see that it'll hurt her. Um, I'm she's looking, looking at the what? Uh, the GOP, the head of the GOP, In national GOP, the national GOP. Why would that be next year? Previous is up for re-election right now. Yeah. Well, right now, she's running for that. She's not going to get it. Previous is going to be re-elected here in the next couple of weeks, and it'll be over. No. Okay. Oh, it's it's a foregone. It's done. He's going to lose maybe five votes. It's done. It he's was done tr- right it was done Friday. He's not in trouble. He's in great shape with the GOP. Um, did you stop the recording? I didn't, but that'd probably be a great idea, wouldn't it? I'm gonna edit. I'll edit this stuff out so y'all are all right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.